How do you work this thing again? Oh, good question. Cold and windy, like real windy. Beijing City Lockdown? Hmm. Spent the day updating the website and working on episode number 35. NaNoWriMo still have quite a bit more to do, actually. And, hmm, maybe I could talk about this. Automator programming, so close on Saturday, and then a dedicated connection to upload, five hours on Sunday. Folks, Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. I'm Stephen Sierski. This here is my audio daily podcast, which is available Spotify, Apple, Google, and other places as well, I think. Also on my website, stephensierski.com. Yik yakking about the things going on here in Beijing, China, which is where I'm based. And if you've heard that uh, that city's name, no doubt you're kind of like, oh my God, are you being locked down? And I'm like, well, I work from home. Um, haven't been able to travel for the last year. Um, and what what's the difference between being locked down and not and working from home in a country that uh, I'll never have a passport in, right? And I'm I can't go anywhere anyway. I, I'm not locked down. <laughs> I was locked down for seven hours exactly one week ago. That's it. However, uh, other than that, no, I'm, I haven't ever officially been locked down the way that Shanghai was locked down uh, earlier this year. Uh, that being the case, there was actually a little bit of a um, murmur that today there was the city was heading towards a, uh, a complete, total citywide shutdown sort of thing, like lockdown, don't go anywhere, you're not allowed. But after checking in with a few different sources, and at least one intrepid explorer went out and took a cab somewhere. It's like, nah, everything's open. <laughs> people are out. Uh, people might not be traveling very much, but um, didn't look like there was a lockdown at all. Uh, that, uh, that at least that he could see. So that's good news, I guess. Uh, which is, uh, it's good. <laughs> the concern is that there was a rumor that that was going to happen. And if that's the rumor that's out there, then there's probably talk of it within some circles that um, it, that's not very good. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, but it is uh, cold and windy, like actual proper windy today. Um, yeah, it was cold. Uh, both walks outside today, it was like one of these winds that you had to turn around and walk backwards into because if you didn't, uh, it just was too strong or very strong anyway. And uh it was. It's cold. It's like getting into minus uh, territories as it is right now. It's oh, it's minus eight right now. But then with the uh, wind chill, uh, they don't publish the wind chill here. So, but PM two point five is only eight. There you go. PM ten is only fifty five. Awesome. So wind pollution is fifty three. Moderate. Probably far less than that to tell you the truth. But. Uh, yeah, they don't publish how cold. It's a force three wind. Okay, so here it is. It's a real feel is mi minus nine. But so wait a minute. What's the temperature then? Is it minus nine? Or, sorry, mi minus eight. Real feel is minus eight. Well, uh, what? That doesn't make sense. Anyway, okay. So uh, yeah, it's cold out there. Minus. Oh, look at that. They've they've made it to be minus eight from now until uh, tomorrow morning at seven a.m. When it's going to be minus seven. <laughs> It's, it's as cold as it's going to get tonight, folks. So they, don't worry. It's going to. All the thing it can do is warm up. 
Somehow I think that's a little bit inaccurate. Anyway, we are hitting these uh, numbers, these negative numbers now, where, yeah, it's going to drop to minus 8 tonight. And it's negative numbers for the rest of the week up until next week. Oh, my goodness, those negative numbers keep on going. (gasps) Snow December 13th. WTF? Are you kidding me? Well, that snowflake... Okay, well... I guess we'll see how that one plays out. But uh, there you go. There's the weather report from Beijing for the next two weeks. Um, The one thing about this actually was that uh, today with this talk of the Beijing lockdown and this wind, uh, because the wind, these volunteer or whoever they are, these uh, gnat testers are sitting in these tents and these these winds are picking up and they're wicked winds, man. Um, I haven't seen any tents knocked over, but I know in the compound one over, the, uh, the tents that weren't occupied have already been knocked down. <laughs> uh, not by the people, by the wind. By nature was saying, these aren't going to stay here. You're going to move them out. Um, but all that being said, that there was some, uh, there's one news news article today that said, if you're part of certain dem- uh, certain groups of people, you don't need to go get tested. And one of them is home workers. I'm like, like people who work from home, I'm like, hello, that's me. I don't go anywhere except to the market supermarket down the street because you know you can't go anywhere uh, i can't travel anywhere so i mean why am i getting tested all the time so again three years nearly four years after the pandemic has started and well, so 2020 2021 2022 okay so 2023 will be the fourth year starting that the pandemic has been going on with no obvious sort of movement towards it not being here in six months, although we can hope, right? Um, now, oh, on the upshot, I forgot about this. Today, I was watching a Chinese stock market move a little bit, and of all stocks to be making moves, it was the banks. Now, I've talked about this before with the banks. If the banks move, they are the ones with the that are holding the money, right? And so if they move, that means that the big money who actually has money to buy stocks, not like us little people who don't, uh, we don't move the market. It's the big money that moves the market. Um, If the banks are moving, then that means there is word going out that uh, policies, regulations, that it's sort of settled because these banks have been bludgeoned. I mean, we're talking, they they haven't been cut in half. We're talking they're down like 80% from... Uh, a COVID high sort of thing, like back in 2020, uh, even last year, to tell you the truth, 2021, they were still flying high up until, well, I think it was maybe October or so that they started to get crushed, just crushed. And now they are trading at a massive discount. So uh, I, I've heard, I've seen articles that are saying that foreign money is pulling money out, foreign firms are pulling money out of China, probably very true. Uh, if anything, though, I think they're starting to move in because if the movement in the banks is any indication, it means that there's a bit more confidence in sort of policy regulating, opening up, starting to happen, and things along the line uh, that uh, sort of what we're the, the COVID pandemic in China could be starting to wind up. And so, you know, kidding, you know, six months is it still going to be here? Good question. We don't know. Hopefully not, but I tell you, if the banks start making an uptrend, then, and they're not, they're not just, still very much downtrend. <laughs> um, if we, we got to see sort of, I guess what you'd have to normally see is a, a double bottom, a test, 
uh, or a, another one would be a reverse head and shoulders where like uh, the left shoulder and then there's a capitulation that would be the head and then the right shoulder and if that right shoulder forms then you're going to see the it would look like almost a, a one two three so it's like a the, no, one would be the left shoulder two would be the the head and three would be the right shoulder creating this inverse head and shoulders pattern and from that it could go up if we see that pattern going up then I would almost suspect that the economy is well, what I guess you would say like back on track, modified, adapted to uh, COVID, whatever's policies, regulations, and that uh, uh, the government hands will sort of come off of, um, take their stranglehold off of the banks as it's been on there for the last oof, year and a half or so. So, uh, but that's that's one thing I'm watching, uh, and this isn't very this isn't always clear until sort of the, the pattern has happened at which point if you're like oh i should have bought back then yeah well what were you doing when the reverse head and shoulders was forming or the double bottom you were panicking or wondering if you're going to have a job right so it's it's easy to you know uh play armchair armchair uh stock market picker when uh you know (laughs) after it's done but if you haven't put money in the game then it's kind of like yeah yeah, your opinion. That's a lot. There you go. Worth worth its weight in gold, but nothing in shares. <laughs> Spent the day uh, updating the website and working on episode number 35. Uh, I guess it's going to be a light week for me this week, I guess. So it's uh, I got a half day today, half day tomorrow, and a half day tomorrow uh, the, on Thursday, which is good because I got lots to do. Um, while, while I was, uh, well, shortly after I was working, actually, I was able to do quite a bit of work on the website. If you take a look at my website, stevenstrategy.com, I finally updated the homepage, which I don't do that very... I think I updated it last year. Uh, I updated the... Yeah, I was actually meaning to update the picture as well, but I changed everything, made it a little bit simpler, um, streamlined a few things, added the uh, newsletter button finally. And I know, like, well, Steve, why are you telling us about your website? Isn't this something that you should be doing all the time? Yeah, probably. Uh, but... Uh, didn't until today, so finally got that up all up and going. Uh, I did send out the this week's newsletter last yesterday, so last night I think. So uh, if you want, you can head over to Substack and subscribe there, or also on my website you can uh, find the link. It's called newsletter. <laughs> so I've made it a little bit easier to uh, for people to uh, find that uh, aspect of things. Uh, NaNoWriMo. So this is the uh, project I've been working on for the last month or so. Uh, the last week, I've actually hit a bit of a, a snarl in terms of writing production. So what I'm doing, I'm taking Sun Tzu's Art of War, and I'm uh, also applying the writing style, the methodology, and outline to the art of learning a language. It kind of started originally as the art of learning English as a second language, but then it morphed halfway through to be a little bit more generic, a little bit more all-encompassing, I guess you could say. And I've done the first eight chapters went by really easily. Chapter nine got a little bit tough because he talks a lot about destroying the enemy and like and out the like terrain and stuff like that. There's 13 chapters total, uh, and I can't. I'm either a nine, ten, or eleven. I can't remember. Uh, but uh, what happened is that, uh, and I'm also working, something else is coming up next week, December 7th, which I do have to put a little bit more weight towards, is uh, my Delta. And so 
I'm actually looking at merging these two. Uh, so as Delta is this diploma that I'm working on for being an ESL educator. And I say educator because I'm not in the classroom. I'm not teaching anybody anymore, um, at least not very often, I should say. And uh, so that being the case, like I want to merge the knowledge that I'm getting from my Delta reading into this book, which I have found very helpful. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this Delta is because I needed to do a lot of this background reading in the ESL industry that is, is sometimes talked about, but a lot of ESL teachers never do because it's, I mean, it's a lot of boring stuff talking about grammar, talking about, you know, discourse analysis. How do you analyze a text? What's the best way to analyze a, a text, be it written or spoken? And how do you teach that to someone else? And what is the difference between, you know, the, uh, uh, the materials that you create specifically for class and then the like how you actually speak. So, I mean, you create something for a class, and that's all well and good, and you, you teach them in a very slow manner. You write out the uh, phonemic chart and everything as it is on the board, and then the students and the learners go out into the real world, and they talk to an Australian or a Southern, like an American from the, the South, or they, uh, they talk to a British person, and they meet them all one by one, and they're like, what are they saying which one is actual English, right? So that's how you, this is one of the things that we look at is uh, the effect, not just on of accent or dialect, but um, how to make real world um, exercises, materials, and then bring those into the uh, the classroom or prepare this, you know, the learners from the, from the classroom context uh, into the uh, larger world context, I guess you could say. Uh, so how does this uh, affect NaNoWriMo? <laughs> Excuse me. I'm stifling a uh, sneeze at the moment. Um, it affects NaNoWriMo because uh, Sun Tzu talks a lot about, uh, there's chapter 9, chapter 10, I think he talks about methods and uh, terrain. And so this got me thinking of some of the methodologies that are prevalent in the ESL industry. So and like, there's a bunch, and not even just in the ESL industry, that have developed over the years to learn languages. And so my, my reference for this, uh, of course, is um, not of course, I mean, you probably have never seen this book before, uh, is 30 methodologies for ELT, I think, 30 languages to learn, 30 methods to learn a language uh, by Scott Thornberry, another guy who's written like basically all the textbooks for this, uh, this Delta course. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, so I was looking at this and he has 30 methods listed ranging from uh, the types that are still in use right now, like the most popular ESL method, uh, which is not used in many other uh, language teaching classrooms, uh, the communicative method. So this is like encouraging your students to um, speak, you a lot of pair work, group work, talking, you know, uh, demonstrate a, a language point, practice it a little bit and then get in groups and uh, start producing it. But it, the focus is on spoken, productive work. It's not on writing and it's not on very much reading. It ha it incorporates listening only because when you're listening, you're, you're listening more to be able to respond in spoken format. So all that has meant that I'm reading these methodologies going, you know, this is kind of similar to what Sun Tzu was talking about, the terrain or the different method, methods and stuff like that. Uh, so the last couple of uh, chapters of Sun Tzu I've sort of adapted from uh, you know, destroying the enemy to uh, and, and uh, 
taking a look at the terrain that you're going to fight on and looking at the different methodologies that are available to you as a language learner, not just for ESL, but language learner in general. Um, on top of that, I was thinking it'd be sort of a good idea to uh, review some of the well, the skills, basically. So your four skills, and the fifth being probably grammar. A lot of people argue that grammar is a fifth skill that uh, collides uh, or weaves through the other four skills, which are speaking, listening, reading, and writing. Uh, and so I have another uh, chapter dedicated to that as well, looking at those uh, four skills, five skills. Uh, I still have more to go through with Sun Tzu's Out of War, uh, It's, uh, it, but it was sort of the first eight chapters were easy. <laughs> chapters 9 and 10, I sort of hit this wall from trying to map almost directly what Sun Tzu is saying to uh, the ESL or to uh, the language learning, um, what would you call it, uh, way, <laughs> method, understanding. But along that line, along the way, though, throughout the month, so it wasn't just developing that um, like the, the direct sort of mapping of this the, this book, but it was also creating, I guess you'd call it part two, or the appendices, 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 appendices um, a bit more of the practical look at things. So when I'm mapping Sun Tzu's work to learning a language, I'm doing it a little bit more generically, a little bit more common knowledge, um, a little bit more of a spoken sort of... Um, as someone who is talking about language with another, with other strategists, how, what's the best way to go about doing this? Part two would be like, this is how you go about doing it. This, th use these strategies. Uh, look at this, try this. This is what your day should look like. This is where some of the uh, um, resources you should be looking at, how to use the different resources. So that was sort of how I was looking at uh, structuring this book. I'm even wondering if maybe I need to do all 13 chapters of Sun Tzu's because some of it gets repetitive, and I'm finding that I'm repeating myself a lot uh, with this because of what the, the things that he's saying. And to be clear, Sun Tzu's Art of War has is known to uh, comprise the uh, the uh, the writings of other strategists from uh, both around his time and then later on as well uh, and earlier. So, so it's like, it's it's a mixture. It's not just Sun Tzu; it's a bunch of other writers as well that have been compiled together over time so this i mean this is an excuse just to say well do i need to write do i need to map all of this or can i stop earlier if i you know hit the end of the month and i haven't finished my my task and i guess the answer is well yeah steve you could do whatever you want it's up to you man it's up to you uh just remember you did say you're going to map the whole book so um maybe you should just go do that already right uh, all right so uh we will see how that uh, sort of uh, turns out for uh, both the rest of this month and, um, well, early next month. Uh, all right, we got the, uh, let's see, uh, what would be next? Automator programming and stuff like that. Well, good question. Sorry, i got to wipe my nose. <laughs> Live on air. Uh, automator programming and this dedicated, uh, dedicated connection. Now, I will deal with this dedicated connection another time because this is actually a little bit more complicated, but automator programming, I was so close to getting uh, automator to do the things that I needed to do to merge all of these documents. So I've talked about this before with the uh, ability to 
send a file to my computer, have the computer constantly searching for that file, and then when it hits that file, it uh, does a couple things. Now, one of the things I need to happen at some point, and I don't know how else to do this, except I thought I could do it with merging text documents. Didn't work. Now I'm wondering if I could use mail merge feature, which I haven't tried out just yet. But I spent like five hours on this, uh, maybe maybe four hours, I don't know. It was a chunk of time on Saturday afternoon working through breaking up the uh, the steps needed and trying to get Automator to work with this thing. And I, I, got, I got pretty close. If you take a look at the website and what I do there for my audio blog, uh, it's that I have the date, so like the date of the podcast, I have an image, then I have the audio file, and then I have the text, and then I have a separator, right? So all those components make up the HTML code behind uh, like each date that I publish something. I wanted something that would create that bare bones skeleton so I could take that code and drop it into my website, which would make it a lot easier because then as I was trying to do before, what I would do is create another folder in which when I put an MP3 file into it, it automatically uploads to my website. So it opens up a web browser, clicks on the unnecessary things, fills in the necessary forms, navigates to a certain link and uploads this file. That didn't work either. (laughs) Complicated. This has got to be possible. Somehow these guys are doing it. So uh, it's just something that I haven't been able to figure out on my own. And it hasn't been able to, I haven't been able to tailor it to my own needs, which is sort of the, the big important sort of caveat here. So the idea being what, what I was trying to do on Saturday was get this text, uh, the, the, uh, the HTML structure together. And I was able to get, get that if I dropped an HTML, ah, okay, so I'll also add this. I create notes on my phone. I Bluetooth that over to my computer, which gives me an HTML file. I want that HTML file in uh, the, but it's not the HTML file for my website. So it uses different formatting, right? So I want to strip that HTML file, move it into a text document, and then merge a bunch of text documents that would then have the, the appropriate formatting all in HTML code so I can just copy paste again. So that was the idea. So I would take this HTML file from my phone that's been Bluetooth to my phone, drop it into a folder. That folder opens the web page. doesn't have to directly open it, but grabs all text from that HTML, drops it into or converts it into a text, uh, text text-based format, takes that text renames it, saves it as uh, step three, because uh, as I figured out, there is one, two, three, four steps in the merge necessary, drops it into another folder, and that folder, when it receives a folder, combines all four text files into one and then drops it into another folder. I got it all, I got most of it to work. The only thing it wasn't doing it wasn't concatenating, it wasn't joining all the text 
files with HTML. So it would, if I drop the HTML, the, the first document, the Bluetooth over HTML document from my phone into the, the computer, if I took that file and moved it into the first folder, it would then convert it to a text file. It would then take that and drop, rename it and drop it into another folder. And then when that file was dropped into that, um, that folder with three other texts and so they'd all be combined, that one would generate another file and that would drop it into the last folder, which would contain a, uh, uh, a text file that was supposed to have everything to it. it. It worked through the whole workflow. It just didn't do what I needed it to. So, so after racking my brains for this for a little while, I, after, once I got, get, started to get frustrated, like I couldn't find an answer for how to uh, make it work. It just wasn't doing it the way I wanted it to. So took a break. And the idea that I have now is actually to do a mail merge feature. So you've probably no doubt heard of these things before where you, um, uh, like Outlook does this, uh, OpenOffice does this. I'm wondering, because again, it, it can't touch, it can't ignore the HTML code, although I know that can be uh, a security issue. So this is like one of the reasons why I think that maybe ta- text edit isn't doing that, right? So this is the uh, next step that I've got to, figure out in uh, my workflow. Okay, folks, I'm going to leave it there because I know that you can uh, tell that. Uh, But uh, I will talk about this dedicated connection to upload another time. Uh, And then also I got another little, uh, you'll never believe what I I bought. You actually, you might believe it, but you might be like, why? Why? What's going on, Steve? What's going on? And I will tell you more, but I'll leave that for another day. Folks, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, Show notes and track uh, tracks up on my website, stevenstrichie.com. Of course, uh, you can also take a look at what else I have on offer there. I've simplified the uh, outlay of the website just a little bit, uh, and there should be further changes. I really need to change the design of the website too, the overall color scheme and the look. I know it's got to be changed. I will get on that. Folks, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.